Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. God bless you, Thanks so much, Dal. I think I might come down and join you guys. Just before I speak, someone here has got a pinched nerve somewhere in their body and it's causing you considerable pain. Um, someone down their back and I think also in a shoulder or an elbow area. If that's you, come on down quickly. We want to pray for you right now. Why should you sit through pain? I, I just never get why we pray for the sick at the end of the service and they've just suffered through the whole service. A long time ago, I determined I'm going to pray for people before I preach because they can enjoy. That makes sense, doesn't it? Come on, come on out, guys. We're just going to believe. We need some of my team to come and help stand here and pray and believe. Thanks, Doug. Come and join us. Spirit of God is here. Oh, as we're speaking about the name of Jesus, I just felt his power. I felt his power here right now. Oh, Jesus, let your healing power flow right now. Lord, I rebuke this condition and I release healing. Lord, I release that pinched nerve, that restriction of movement over his body. Right now, release that in Jesus. Pain, you must go. You have no authority over this body. And I release your power right now in Jesus' name. Oh, God, just let it flow right now. Oh, God, just let it flow. Just gently move that joint right now. I just believe the Spirit of God's just bringing healing right now. Healing, healing right now. Lord, let it flow. Let it flow. Every release. Total freedom right now. Right now. And Lord, that, that headache that's connected to it, I break that power right now and I release peace over his mind and over his whole body. Lord, that pain, that headache in Jesus' name must go, must go, must go. And fill his spirit with such joy, Lord, there'll be no place for that pain. Jesus' name, let your healing power flow right now. Oh God, let it flow right now. Lord, I release that restriction. All restrictions we move, we sang. Right now we release that restriction and I pray for your total healing right now over his body in Jesus' name. Lord, let it flow right now, right now, right now. Total release in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now for your anointing. Lord, I thank you for that freedom of movement in her body. Lord, your word says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Lord, that's in our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. And I declare that right now. Freedom over her body in Jesus' name. Freedom over her body in Jesus' name. Lord, I release that right now. Someone else has got... You've had major issues with your back. You wake up often in the morning and you are not only just stiff, but you are, have significant movement difficulties for that first 15 minutes, half hour in the mornings. And God wants to touch you right now. Who's that? Who's that? Jesus' name. Just touch you right now. There's people here with black back issues. Yeah. You don't want to carry that, do you? You've got too much to do, Tina. Too much to do. Tina's our director of our... Uh, Based on transformations, and you need freedom, 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 freedom. God, I thank you for freedom over her body and freedom over her soul. The Spirit of God will say, as you receive, you'll be able to release even more. He's teaching you how to receive so you can release more. Jesus, healing. Just strength over her back. I pray strength and freedom over her back. Lord, strength over her back and strength on her spirit to carry, to carry, Lord, your anointing and your vision over her soul. I thank you, Lord, that her back physically will be strong and her spiritual back will be strong to carry all that you've called her to do. Lord, it will not overwhelm her. It will not be like she's bent over with pain. But Jesus, when you touch that woman, she straightened up and she was able to see with bigger eyes and clearer vision. And I thank you, Lord, right now, Lord, for putting strength into Tina's physical back and her spiritual back in Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, I thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. Just let it flow. Just receive. Because as you receive, then you can release. I was praying um, yesterday morning and the word the Lord gave me the word for this conference. He says, I'm going to teach you how to receive better so then you can release more. God wants to do it, but often we struggle to know how to receive in the spirit realm, and we don't know we, we got we don't have as much to release as he, as he wants us to. And I believe over these next twenty four hours, I want you to just be open and listening and hearing and watching. And uh, we don't have all the answers; we're just still learning how to do this spirit filled ministry. We've been on the journey for forty years, and we're still learning how to do it all the time. God consistently surprises us with His goodness. But I want to encourage you: just be open to receive. 
and say, Lord, is my receiver really tuned in? Is it blocked? Is it static? You know, is it, is, is it really free-flowing? Because there's so much more Jesus wants to download to us. There's so much more of kingdom life. Isn't it? When, when you, you find a fresh revelation, your word, you think, how come I haven't seen that five or ten years ago? Either we weren't ready or we just didn't receive it. And so every time I get a fresh discovery in the word of the Spirit, I'm amazed. I think, well, God, if there's that and that, there must be so much more that I haven't yet received. And the more you receive, then the more you can release. And it just flows out of you like a river of living water. And I just see that happening. Where's our friends from uh, Pittsworth? Come on down, guys. While we're worshiping, God gave me a word. I don't know this couple. And I love it when I don't know people because then I can just speak what I see the word. You're going to have to sort of find your way over a body. That's okay. Do you know when the Salvation Army started? William Booth. He was such a man of the Spirit. If anyone's read the original history of the Salvation Army, they had so many people being filled with the Spirit and slain in the Spirit. They'd have bodies everywhere and they couldn't continue the service. So they built racks in the back walls of their buildings so they could stack the bodies, slain the Spirit on there so they could continue their services. This is documented truth. Do it again, Lord. Sometimes we, we just sell. When, when Wesley started, there was such a move of God, tens of thousands would gather in the fields and they had to ban people from climbing up the trees so they could see because they were getting slain in the spirit and falling out of the trees. That is true. Documented stories. And you see what can happen, what starts in the spirit can easily become organized and just stay in the comfortable and the understandable. This is Breath and Sharon from Pittsworth. I've been there a couple of times. Preached there many years ago. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He says, you've got an open heaven. Don't keep praying for it. You've got it. You've got an open heaven. How many years you been there? 13? Six has passed. I just, the, the Spirit of God say, you've got an open heaven and it's time to see the harvest for all the sowing you've been doing and the people before you that have sown. And I saw this so clearly as I was watching. I saw two key families of that town or community are either going to get saved or get added to your church, and it's going to significantly touch your town. One of them, I believe, is going to get radically saved, a whole family. It's going to shake your town. I can't tell you the date it's going to happen, but I saw it so clear as I was there worshipping. I see two key families are going to get saved or get added to your church. It's going to have a significant impact on your community that no one will be able to deny. And God's going to do it. And He's preparing you to receive them and to receive many others that are going to come. And I think, oh, I'm just so excited for you. I'm so excited. I'm preaching that church out there probably 18 or 19 years ago, and I'm just so excited, and I see it happening, and uh, you've paid the price. You've paid the price, and sometimes you've thought, God, is this price worth it? Your spirit says yes, but your mind and your emotions and your body says, I'm not sure, but the Lord says, you just haven't given up. You've just kept moving forward, and God's seen your tears, and he's seen the pain you felt for the people, and you've, he's felt the pain of rejection and the, the pain of people saying, I don't understand, but you just refuse to give up. And God's put that in your spirit, and he's going to release a fresh flow over your souls. He's going to just bring a fresh receiving and a releasing that I believe when you go back from even this 24 hours, something's shifting over your soul. I see it in the spirit right now. I didn't even know you guys were coming. You just showed up. That, that shows me God's called you and it's encounter time. Just reach out and receive right now, Father. I just thank you for Brett. I just thank you for this man of courage. Lord, some have even said, I'm not sure what calling you've got on his life, but he knows you've called him and he knows you've equipped him. And I release a new level of authority 
and equipping his spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, let that authority of his spirit just flow. Lord, from next Sunday when he gets up to preach, there'll be a new authority and a freedom. And he will see his town and his community with fresh eyes, with open heaven eyes. And there will be a flow of life and authority. And people say, what's shifted? It's because you've enabled them to receive to another level. And then there's a release. Lord, I just pray for Sharon. Lord, she's a woman of great faith. She's touched by the feelings of others' infirmities. There's compassion and mercy in her soul. And Lord, at times that's overwhelmed her. But today I just lift off the burden that has overwhelmed her and I release the anointing of your spirit that will just overflow her. Oh, Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be. Lord, oh, you're just releasing something fresh and powerful over their lives. Thank you for the word of the Lord that will run in their souls in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, refresh them, refresh them. Let their souls just be refreshed and overflow with your goodness in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Lord, just let bring, bring joy. Let there be laughter and joy. Lord, where there's been pressure and pain, let there be laughter and joy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, that deserves a praise to God, eh? Bless you guys. That's so beautiful. Bless you. God bless you. I've never met these guys. I don't know them at all, but I, you can tell me afterwards whether that's close to the Word of God for your lives. Oh, Jesus is good, eh? I want to encourage you. This is about Holy Spirit encounter, and we're not here just to speak words. I've learned a long time ago, when you make room for the Holy Spirit, He will flow. He will speak. He will bring breakthrough. And I just want to Marilyn and I, we, we're still learning how to do this, but when Jesus ministered in the power of the Spirit, He always demonstrated it as well. The gospel is not the gospel by just preaching. You've got to demonstrate it. It might be with deeds of kindness. It might be with love and hospitality. It might be with acceptance. It might be with power ministry. But you've got to demonstrate the gospel. Otherwise, it's not the true gospel. It's just words. And I believe God's bringing the church back to the whole gospel, which is the truth the demonstration, the release of kingdom life. I want to encourage you to just keep our hearts open. Ephesians 3.20. I want to share a few scriptures. This first session, I want to talk about more influence in leadership as we make room for the Holy Spirit. Just more influence in leadership. Tonight, we're going to, uh, Marilyn and I are going to do tag team tonight, so get ready. And uh, we're going to talk about Jesus says he's come to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free. We're going to talk about ministering healing into people's souls, not just their bodies, into people's minds, hearts, emotions, and, and just see. And we'll just share a few stories and share some stuff that God's been teaching us over these last years. But I want to start today in more influence in leadership. Ephesians 3.20, you all know it off by heart. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Listen to the Amplified from verse 19. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to the, all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Completely filled and flooded with God Himself. That's what God wants us to live like. You say, that's just ideal. That's just for the saints. Hey, we're all saints. It says that we can be completely filled and flooded with God Himself. Now to Him who is able to carry out His purpose and do superabundantly more than all we ask or we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to His power that is at work within us. Wow, super abundantly. I think Paul was running out of words here. When you start to look at it, he was just totally out of words. Saying, can't you get how much God wants to fill you? He's going to flood you. He's going to overwhelm you. Can't you get how much he wants to do in you and through you? 
super abundantly, more than you even dare to ask, and some of us are big askers. More than we can dream, and some of us have got huge dreams. And more than you can even imagine. Wow, the imagination of some of us is just right out there. God's saying, more than all of that put together is what he wants to be and do and overflow. And you think, oh, you're just being super positive. No, I'm just reading the word. Let's look at the message version from verse 14. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who passes out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know. Far above, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Now, I just want to reflect for a couple of minutes on that. There's two, there's lots of things. There's two key thoughts that just came pounding me early this year. Because the theme for our church is more than we've seen. So we're just believing for more this year. But as I read that verse, I saw, it says, Now to him who is able to do a measure in more than we ask, I think it's not singular, it's plural. There's so many promises in the word we try to grab singularly when they're meant to be applied plurally and we only get a small measure because we try to apply it singularly. And that's what, not what the word of God says. So often throughout the epistles, it's the plural you, not the singular you, and we wonder why we don't get it when we claim it for ourselves. It only works fully when we do the plural. So all of this is going to happen as the body of Christ flows together, as the ministry gifts are functioning, as we pray and believe together, as we support and love and minister together, that's when you're going to see the superabundantly coming. It says we, and then it says his spirit that work within us. There it is again, the plural. So twice in this passage, it's plural, not singular. You can claim it's singular and you'll get the blessings and the overflow. But I am convinced that as churches, we haven't seen some of this because we haven't understood we need to apply this together, not just singularly. I really believe that's one of the secrets of God's Word that we haven't seen anywhere near the fullness of His Spirit and power because we've tried to do it in... Because Western, Western people are individual. Eastern people and island people are tribal, corporate, together, family. This is all written from Eastern mindset. And we've tried to Westernize it into individual mindset. And we've missed a whole lot of what God was trying to tell us in the Bible. That's why when you go to... Asia and Africa and the islands, you see lots of miracles and supernatural come because they live family and corporate. We live individual and we, we settle for way less. And I think that's one of the simplest keys of why. We've interpreted the Word of God and kingdom life individually when it needs to be much more corporately, the body of Christ. I really believe that's one of the keys. God spoke to me many years ago and we need to get a hold of it. The second thing that really struck me, how's it going to happen? According to His power that is at work within us. It's the Holy Spirit's power within us is to get us to see the greater, the more than, the superabundantly, the overflow, whatever it means. So we all have an individual responsibility to keep believing, receiving, flowing, releasing our gift, then corporately together, praying, serving our different gifts, anointings, callings, and then we will see this increase more and more and more. And our cities, our communities, our families will overflow. That verse has so impacted me this year when I saw those two simple keys. I thought, Lord, I've read that hundreds of times. I've sung songs about it. Never ever seen those two simple keys. It's His Spirit 
working within us. Leadership is influencing others towards a goal or a purpose. And I believe as we make room for the Spirit and we learn to do it together, we're going to see greater, much, much greater teamwork, flowing, overflowing. Confidence will start to come. Confidence comes from knowing that God is completely trustworthy. What did the enemy do in the garden? Did God really say? The enemy tries to undermine our confidence and full trustworthiness in his him and his word and his spirit and his ways. He's regularly chipping away at that in our minds, the self-talk going on inside of us all, trying to rob your confidence. We need to let the truth be there. Confidence comes from God's presence. That's what happened. As soon as we started just worshiping for a few more minutes and the presence of Jesus come, all of a sudden things shift. Things shift in the spirit. And we're going to talk more about that, that when we worship, we encounter the presence of Jesus, the manifest presence. As Marilyn said, Jesus is always here. His Spirit's always here. But we need to plug into that, encounter it, and then things shift in our mind and heart. It shifts in the atmosphere. The atmosphere is changing as we praise and worship and pray. And it not only changes for us, it changes for our community. That's why you might think we've got 50 people singing away in church and praying and loving our community. You've got no idea what influence it's having over that whole area. Whole area. You know, and we've got to realize the power that's released. The kingdom of God that you're making room and setting up a throne for him to rule and reign in your community. You and you understand. See, church is the training ground where we learn to connect with and flow with his presence and power and word and ways and do family and relationships together and then we live it out in our community and it changes things really changes things so confidence god wants to give you confidence in his power and not just your own talent cleverness or resources we've all tried those things and they are a lot of work and not much result (laughs) you know but one moment of the spirit moving and a heart can be turned Faith can be lifted. Sickness can be pushed out. Restoration can come. That's why we are so powerful. And tomorrow we're going to talk about an encounter culture, an encounter church. And we need to make that space in our lives that we are encounter. I believe we're all called, gifted, and graced. And I heard Paul de Jong talk about this earlier this year. He said, we're all called, we're all gifted, and we're all graced. When you think about three, only one of them you can do much about. The calling comes from God. The grace is from His Spirit. The only thing you can work on and develop is your gifting. Accept your call. Develop, understand what it is. The grace and anointing of God will come. And you'll have compassion. If you're a a counselor, you've got compassion and insight. If you're a teacher, you just just go down that pathway and, and God just equips and releases you. If you're a leader, that's it, it just flows in your life. But the gifting is what we train and develop and mature and exercise and flow in. That's our natural gifting and our spiritual gifting. And that's what we use and can grow in. And don't settle. Let's keep growing. I turned last year. I can't believe how that happened. I don't know what what happened, but it did. But I feel about 40 in my spirit because there's just so much more to do. And the passion is alive as strong as ever. The body occasionally lets you know that you are 60. But I don't let that rule. I'm thinking, no, spirit is alive. And God wants us to grow. Philippians 4.19, I can do all things through Christ who helps me. Aussies, we get this mixed up. Confidence is not pride, but it's security in Christ. We, we, we get pride and confidence and humility and false humility all messed up all the time i just don't think we've got a really good theology and understanding how to live that out someone starts to get confident we think they're overconfident we chop them down we need to encourage and stir one up what's encourage mean to put courage into we need to let kingdom culture which is encouragement inspiration stirring up in our hearts and our lives and a leader's confidence in god can literally change everything I've watched three people, two of them are more gifted, the one that's the least gifted ends up sometimes doing more because they've just got a confidence that God's going to use them. And some of us are like that. We think, how do we get here? I think, well, God, we just didn't give up. We just kept going. We just kept believing that you can use us. 
with all of our weaknesses and, and questions and searching. But God, you just flow through us. And the confidence comes with that. And when we've got young people growing up in their churches, don't squash their confidence. Channel it. Talk to them. Talk it through when they think they're better. Jesus had good ways of dealing with that. Well, the demons submit to their names, and he didn't beat them up. He just, don't forget, your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life is more important than that success. So you just, just recenter them. That's what you've got to do. And God will help us to do that. Hebrews 10.35 says, So do not throw away your confidence. In other words, it's, we, we can, and we often do. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. I wrote down some C's of leadership. Communication. Listening. I'm learning to be a better listener. I've always been a talker. Not sure where that came from because I was really shy when I was a kid. I've always been a talker, but the last few years I've learned to listen better. How do you listen? You ask the right questions. I'm becoming a better question, questioner, a better asker of empowering questions. And I'm, I think that's helping me become a better leader. And Mary Lynn's helped me with that because she's a really good asker of empowering questions that just drill down and open you up and you think, oh, wow. Look at Jesus. He asked questions all the time. It was one of his greatest leadership skills was his questions. He was led by the Spirit. The blind man comes and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, what a dumb question. But no, he knew that the man needed to confess what he wanted Jesus to do. Jesus will often come and ask you questions because he wants to reveal your heart. The good, the bad and the ugly of it. So then you can move forward or be free. And asking questions, not in an interrogating way, but empowering questions done in love to release people. Compassion. Character. Will you reproduce who we are? We all know that, but sometimes we forget. If you're a man or a woman of the Spirit, that's what you're going to reproduce in your church. It's a really challenging thought that they say after about five years, if you've been pastoring a church for more than five years, look out your congregation because that's what you're reproducing. That's an exciting and a scary thought. <laughs> it really is sometimes, depending on which eyes you're looking at through. But you reproduce who you are, not just what you say, you reproduce. If you've got a hospitality heart, guess what? There's going to be a higher than percentage than normal of people with hospitality in your church. If you've got a generous heart, if you've got an evangelism heart, always believing for some souls to come to Christ, guess what? You're going to have a higher percentage than normal because it's what you give attention to grows and what you are is what you reproduce. So if you love the life of the Spirit, guess what? There's more and more people are going to love the passion and the life of the Spirit. And it just flows that way. And consistency. Wasn't Billy Graham an amazing guy? Just never gave up. Incredible consistency and faithfulness and just showing up in our lives. I want to just change tack for a moment on something else I want to share in this session. The enemy has tried to silence the church. The last few years in Australia, the enemy has been trying to silence the voice of Christians. It's happening in our schools, in our political arena, in our media, everywhere. The enemy's out to try and silence the body of Christ. He's trying to silence the, the voice of truth and reason and love and compassion. And it's just trying to swamp us everywhere we look. Guess what? Jesus is calling us to not be silent, but to step up and speak louder, to live louder. And I just want to look at a, a quick story in Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Remember blind man, a beggar, an outcast? I don't know if Jesus had been down that road before, but he had heard enough stories. He started to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. I like this guy. He thought, mate, Jesus is probably the only time he's ever going to come past my town, past me. So he's shouting louder. The crowd will cry and quieten you down so that you become respectable, so you don't offend anyone. Sometimes we numb down our churches because we don't want to offend anyone. 
I get really nervous about that. God wants us to be wise. We do our Christmas cons and other things where we don't have people running up down the aisle speaking in tongues and doing what others would think that's, they don't understand it. There's time and a place. But we often numb down the kingdom of life and power when people are searching for that. They don't understand it, but their spirit is crying after it. We've got so used to not offending people's minds that we're not reaching their spirits. Because Western Christianity is mind-based more than spirit-based. And so we've fallen into the trap often in Western Christianity of making it, well, we've just got to keep it all safe and predictable so we don't offend anyone. Sorry, I read Jesus' story. He was really good at it. He challenged people's hearts. And I have learned, be wise and caring, communicate, explain, but don't numb down the life of the Spirit because that's the only thing that can change the human heart and renew their mind. But if we try to keep people's minds and souls happy, we, we have to shortcut and numb down a whole lot of the gospel message. I don't know how that's got into churches the last 20 or 30 years, but my spirit has always fought against it with everything within me. I've cringed. Sometimes I've wanted to jump up at meetings and when I've been visiting churches or conferences, and, and, but I'm not quite that bold. <laughs> but my spirit's saying, guys, don't do it. Because it's the spirit of God that changes the heart. And it's been awesome. We've got transformations in our church, base of transformations, and we've got about 30 or more in the program at present. Nearly all those men and women, they first come, most of them aren't saved. So the first Sunday, they're in church. It's awesome. I just love it. I watch their faces. They walk in, and the band's playing, and, and everyone starts singing and clapping, and they're looking around, and oh, well, this is how it does it. So they start clapping, and I love it, because nearly every Sunday, there's someone new from there. Some of them have just come out of jail. Some of them have never been in church in their life. Some went years ago, and they, they're expecting uh, someone, on, an old lady on the organ with a, a guy with his dress on and uh, speaking some irrelevant words. That's what they think church is. That's, that's what most people think it is. When they come in, they see life, they see love, they see action, they say, wow, this is awesome. Many of them get saved the first week or within two or three weeks. Hey, Tina. Because we don't back off on the presence of God. We let the Spirit of God do the changing and don't worry about their mind being offended. We've had one or two of them want to run or can't quite handle it. But most of them, within one, two, or three weeks, encounter the power of Jesus. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, but I give public altar calls and get them to come and stand at the front and publicly surrender to Jesus, and it's powerful. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, why we don't do that anymore. And I think, God, we have, we've tried to numb down church when Jesus wants to change lives. Wow, I've got a few friends and a few saying, really? Look at what happened next. Jesus stopped. When he heard this guy shouting at the top of the door, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Aren't the crowds fickle? Oh man, next one says, shut up. They say, hey, it's your day, come on, he wants to talk to you. Don't follow the crowd, it's a really, really dangerous world to live in. <laughs> follow what Jesus says, be aware of what's going on, be sensitive, not silly, but don't follow the crowd. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. What an amazing day. Just put yourself in his shoes. We read these stories and we don't put ourselves in them. You want compassion, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Let the Holy Spirit help you just start to really get a handle on this stuff. I believe the, the world is trying to silence the voice of the church in this nation more than ever. But it's the time we need to shout louder. You don't have to jump on a, down the corner or the, go to the shopping center and hand out tracts and yell, Jesus is Lord, that's going to get you thrown in jail. And we'll be coming and visiting you. 
But we need to not back off. We need to shout by our lives, by our actions, by our truth. And don't back off or be silent. Don't be intimidated by the lies of the enemy. Because let me tell you, the word of God is strong. I've read the last verse of the book and we win. So let's not be afraid. Let's not be silent. Let's not back off. And let the Spirit of God have his way. It's interesting to know, what was he shouting out? He wasn't just shouting out Jesus. He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. For those who know their Bible, that is a messianic term, and he recognized that Jesus was Savior and Lord when all the rest of the crowd weren't didn't get it that's what I believe caught his attention not how loud he shouted how loud he, how good his decibels were I believe when Jesus heard someone saying you're the Messiah you're the Savior Jesus could not stop walking through he had to turn around and say come to me who who's this guy who's got revelation that that I'm the Messiah wow that's why I believe he stopped how powerful is that for us as a church, is when we worship Him as the, the living God, the Lord of all, as we honour Him by our lives as Lord and Saviour, Jesus can't help but come and respond to our lives and our love and our passion for our community and our families. Let's not just shout, but let's shout the right words and the right heart. Let's shout, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let's shout, Lord, heal and our broken society. Lord, come and restore families. Lord, come, we're, we're sick of religion. We're sick of just doing the motions of singing three songs and a prayer and a short message that doesn't offend anyone. We go home and say, we had a great church service. I know most of you don't do that, but I, I just think, God, we have got to learn to do life church well and sharp and clear and professional but not compangers lives and we're going to give him room to move and he'll do it in all sorts of incredible amazing ways and I believe that God wants us to do it um, something happened when Jesus was coming to Jerusalem the kids the, the people shouted out Hosanna in the highest and the Pharisees said stop those people shouting stop the kids shouting he said, if you don't keep shouting, the stones are going to cry out. And no rock's going to take my place of worship and praise. I determined, we determined that a long time ago. No one's going to take our place of praise and worship. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Holy Spirit encounter. The Holy Spirit got poured out. Just listen. I read this with fresh ears and eyes a, a little while ago. The Amplified. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire which were distributed among them. They rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. Here they received and then they had something to release. And they were all filled, that is diffused throughout their being, with the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Verse 6 when they heard the sound, the rest of the city heard the sound. Now, it was quite a big city. So they wouldn't have all heard if they were two kilometers away in the marketplace. They wouldn't have heard the physical sound. But because the Spirit came, I believe there was a spiritual shaking went across the whole city. And they all started to run to find out what's the sound that's coming from down the road. And some scholars believe that the upper room that was in was the same upper room where Jesus had his last supper with the disciples. That's something worth considering. I can't prove it, but it would make sense. Wow. It says the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Verse 11. It says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. 
Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, wasn't silenced, raised it with the same Peter who denied Jesus a few weeks before. The same Peter went back fishing and said, this Christian stuff's too hard, abandoned his call. Jesus came and met him on the beach and restored him to his call. Now, not long afterwards, he's up raising his voice in front of thousands of people. It says, Peter stood up with the 11. That's interesting. Peter didn't just jump up with the crowd, but he'd learnt now not to just be the blabbermouth and just spoke up while all the other guys are sitting in the boat and whatever. He'd learnt by now, I can't do this on my own. It says he stood up with the 11, and I can imagine Peter standing there and the other 11 standing behind him or around him to give him strength and courage. What a picture that's changed. Peter, the one who was always out the front, the jumping out the boat and, and stopping Jesus from going to the cross and pulling the sword out and doing all those dumb things, Peter had learnt he couldn't do this on his own because he had learnt it's an us, not me. See how powerful this is? He stood up with the eleven and then preached the most amazing sermon together. And the other eleven are there cheering him on saying, hey, we're in this together. This is what Jesus told us was going to happen. And as Peter gets up and starts to explain from the Scriptures what had happened. You know what's happened at times when the Spirit of God's moved? We've forgotten the Acts 2 model. When the Spirit of God starts moving and the supernatural starts coming and people start getting healed and there's deliverance and all sorts of supernatural activity, often... Not always, but often in moves of God, they forgot to keep preaching the Word and explaining what's happening from the Scriptures. I've seen it. I've been to meetings over the years. I think, guys, God's at work. But remember Acts 2. You've got to get up and explain from the Scriptures what's happening in the spirit realm. Because we can't naturally grasp and understand the spirit realm without some preaching and teaching and understanding coming from the truth. And I believe that's one of the reasons some of the moves of God have stopped way too quickly and haven't achieved their purpose, which is equip the church to reach the world for the, with the gospel. It becomes self-centered because we focused on the experience and the spectacular and the supernatural and the breakthrough because that's always powerful and intoxicating, but we haven't got up and explained what, what's this for to win the world for Jesus and to set people free. Does that make sense? That's what I believe is the truth. And so Peter gets up and preaches the most amazing sermon. Fellow Jews, all of you live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And then he goes on and teaches and explains. And after he's explained from the Scriptures, the Old Testament, they didn't have the New Testament, he explained in their relevant language because the Jews understood the Old Testament, understood the Messiah to come, and they were still trying to work all that out. Was Jesus really the Messiah or not? And the Holy Spirit comes, the supernatural. This is now the sign and the wonder that gets their attention, and then he's able to preach Jesus crucified, risen from the dead. The supernatural work of the Spirit got their attention, and then they could explain the gospel. That's often what the supernatural does. It gets people's attention. And remember, the supernatural that works in the church is because it's a safe place for you to learn how to do it. So then you can do it out in the world, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your home, and wherever where most of the miracles happened in the Bible. Where there's not the nice music playing in the background and, and some intercessors over here praying and saying, help us to do this, Lord. You're out there on the front line and God's supposed go and pray for that person. Go and share some hope with that tormented family. And when you do that, I'm amazed how often the Spirit of God just shows up in grace and power. But you've learned how to hear the voice of the Spirit. You've learned how to pray with confidence. You've learned how to step out in the Spirit in church, in your life group, in a safe environment where you've been taught. And then we are released to the world. So we receive and we're released. Receive and release. If we're not careful, we receive and enjoy, but don't release. That's what happens in the church often. How did the salvos go from Holy Ghost revival to doing good deeds but not necessarily preaching the gospel like they used to? 
I know some awesome salvos that are spirit-filled and doing a great job, so I'm not bringing them all. But how did the Methodists, the Uniting Church, the, the roots of that with Wesley, turn their whole society around in England? How did they end up becoming a respectable church where not as much power as there could be or should be? How do Pentecostal churches start in the spirit and end up in the flesh or end up in comfort zone because we don't want to offend anyone? That's a lie from the pit of hell. I really believe that. And it's one of my stirrings to stir up every pastor and church and leader to just get back to the basics and the foundation of what spirit-filled living church life is meant to be we don't have it all together we're still learning sometimes we stumble over stuff and think oh god how do we miss that you know (laughs) that's keep a humility about your soul but keep an audacity of faith to keep stepping out and trying just keep stepping up and trying i mean i don't understand the ways of the spirit i remember steve your mum and dad were in church here last year and I felt compassion for them. They're retired pastors, amazing people. They were sitting about fifth or sixth row back there. And just before I preached, I, I saw them and I looked down and I saw them. Sometimes you say, how does the Spirit get people's attention? Sometimes I look and it's like their faces just stand out. Sometimes their name will come to me. Occasionally, about six weeks ago, one Sunday morning, just before I got up to preach, because I'm always saying, Holy Spirit, just speak something, a word of breakthrough encounter. Just before I got up, every person I looked at, God gave me a word. I saw a word in glowing lights above their head. I think, whoa, that's it. So I started writing them down because they come so fast, I forget them. My mind can't get up with my spirit. You ever found that out? I had about six of them. And every one, it was just one or two words I saw. it. So when I got up before I preached, I just started speaking out, the word for you today is this, this. Well, the place is electric and it's so easy to preach after that because there's, a, there's an expectation because they think, well, God's in the house and something's happening. Now, I know I've got a prophetic bent and I'm not saying you have to do that because not every teacher gets it, but a teacher gets it. They start to open the scriptures and people say, wow, wow, wow. So we do it in our own skin, in our own way, but you need to be willing to believe and take some steps of faith and break. And I remember I... I I saw your mum and dad there. I knew they'd been battling with arthritis and pain. And I just said, I'd really like to pray for them. So I went down and prayed for them. God to just lift some of that pain and give more movement. They're in their 80s. So if every old person we prayed for got healed, no one would make it to heaven. So I'm not silly about that. Just think about that. I'm all for physical healing, but I've learned a long time ago, if we kept getting healed, no one would make it to heaven. There are times when it's time to go. And I... And sometimes we've got to ask that question. Marilyn and I, the last few years, whenever I go and visit someone, you go and visit someone in the hospital, as I'm driving hospital, I say, Lord, is this your time for them to go home or do you want to heal them and give them some more days? I ask that question now. I never used to when I was young. I'd go and everyone would jump out of their bed and get healed. But I've learned that not everyone will because they'll never get to heaven for their reward that God's got ready for them. I prayed for them and I felt God touch their hearts, their bodies, they didn't get instantly healed, but they felt some relief. Three weeks later, a lady that was sitting behind them in an extra way came and grabbed me three weeks later. said, remember that lovely old couple you prayed for? I said, yeah, I sure do. She said, I was sitting behind them and three were seats there. She said, when you started praying for them, my arthritis pain just left immediately. She said, the next morning I woke up, I was totally free of pain for the first time for seven years when I got out of bed. Yeah. She said, I've waited three weeks because I really wanted to make sure it was God and not just my thinking or whatever. She's a lovely older lady. She said, I waited three weeks before I told you. I said, bless you. And I talked to her again a few weeks ago, and she said, I said, how's that? She said, I haven't had any pain since. Now, how do you explain that? I'm praying for Steve's lovely mum and dad and trying to bless them as a retired pastor just to ease some of the pain. She's sitting, she received, I said, you received the overflow. That's what the Holy Spirit said. I said, you got the overflow. And so we've got to learn there's an overflow happens in the spirit realm, and we focus as spectators instead of being participators. I can't explain it. Healing's a mystery to me. I just learned, just keep praying and see what God does. 
in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, we need to go and believe for more healing in people's souls and minds and hearts. And, and I just think, God, you are so amazing. He doesn't like to be put in a box. He doesn't like formulas. I'm going to talk a bit about a bit, that a bit tonight. Wow, it's time to have a break. God's got so much he wants to just stir our hearts with. I'll read this one verse. Acts 18, 9. One night the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid anymore, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Wow. In other words, the temptation was for him to back off because his life was in danger. For I am with you, and no one will attack you in order to hurt you because I have many people in this city. I claim that for our city. If you get silent, then how are they going to hear and some that are meant to be in the kingdom mightn't get there at least through you or your church and God will have to find someone else to do it. We get silent. I want to encourage you, receive and release. Let's stand in His presence just for a moment. So I hope that stirred your hearts, wet your appetites, gave you a few things to chew on, probably got a few of you mad. Hopefully not at me, but might have got some of you thinking, well, I've been taught some other stuff that doesn't quite line with it. Well, I just want to encourage you, take it to God and think it through and pray about it. I don't have all the answers and God uses it all in different ways. So I'm smart enough to know that he works through different churches in different ways. I've learned, don't be silent and make room for the Spirit. Let's close our eyes and just take a moment. Just to reflect, reach out your hands to heaven and just take a moment to reflect on what the Holy Spirit's um, spoken to you. I've spoken lots of scripture and words, but I guarantee there's one or two things that are ringing in your heart and mind there that you cannot get rid of. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be a challenge to your soul. It might be a revelation. You think, wow, that, that is, I, I just don't understand that, but Holy Spirit, show me. Receive and release. Receive and release. Holy Spirit, right now, right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just touch us right now. Just touch us right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, just pour in. Just release your kingdom life over us right now. Lord, just let your anointing just fly. Lord, I lift off any condemnation. I lift off any judgment. Lord, I lift off any unworthiness that think, well, that can happen for you, Ross, but... I'm not sure if that could happen for me. I don't want comparisons here. I want the Spirit of God to be just taking you on this amazing journey of equipping, flooding you, because we're here together. So flooding us with His Spirit and overflowing. And some of you are thinking, well, how can I do that in my church? We're going to talk some about that in the next couple of sessions. But just the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Lord, I just pray right now for your, your release, your overflow. Lord, just let, Lord, blessing flow. For some that physically tired or weary in well-doing, Lord, I just pray tonight and tomorrow they'll just be so refreshed. Lord, there'll just be an overflow of your spiritual life. Lord, there'll just be a kingdom flow, an overflow in our souls. Oh, Lord, release that over our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Just let your, let's stir up your spirit right now. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.